Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, it's your girl Claudia Jordan. It's Friday, and I am back with a brand new episode of TGIF. Now we're here to spill the tea and break down some of the headlines, the biggest headlines in the news and in the world of social media. So sit back, relax, go get you something to drink, and get into this hot tea we got for you. All right, y'all, the whole gang is back. So please welcome brand strategist Al Reynolds. What's up, Al? What's going on, Claudia? How you doing? Good, good, good. Your neck I'm, better? Your little hickey went away? <laughs> no, I, I just took the patch off because you can see it, but uh feeling much better today, much better today. But I'm super excited to have my co-host back. So go ahead and introduce my buddy, please. <laughs> I will. And welcome back from working on the sets all over the place. Please welcome talk show host and multimedia personality and Actor Punky Dineva. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> y'all miss me? I'm back. <laughs> hey, y'all. What's up, Q? What was you doing? You was uh, doing some acting, I saw. I did. I uh, quick. I, I I filmed three shows while I was out in Atlanta. I did something for OWN. I did uh the Miss Pat show on BET, and I did uh turned out with Tia's Madison. Very nice. Oh, busy, 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 y'all. But I, I'm, I'm so glad to be back. And I just want to say special thanks to James Knox and Will. I don't want to mess up your last name for holding it down in the doll's absence. Um, you know, the fan said y'all had a good time while I was gone. And I'm, I'm glad the show didn't skip a beat. But Miss Sophia home now. All right, well, the fans are very happy. The chat is going crazy. I mean, look, we're already up to 1,283 people all going back. The Funky Bunch is definitely in the chat and happy to see you here. So welcome back. Thank you. All right, now, what y'all sipping on tonight? I'm dry. I ain't even got no water. Me too. I'm dry. I I just, um, baby, I've been in here ever since I've been back listening to Mary J. Blige music. Y'all know Mary J. getting ready to come to Miami. So I'm just, tonight, I'm drunk off Mary J. Well, well, speaking of that, we're kicking off tonight's show with the celebration of the release of Mary J. Blige's new album, Good Morning Gorgeous. And guess what? We have a sneak peek. So let's take a look. is giving it to us with the body the look she looks amazing now the iHeartRadio album release party with Mary J Blige will be taking place right here on Fox Soul on Friday February 11th at 7 p.m pacific time 10 p.m eastern are you fellas excited for the release of Mary J's new album Baby, it has been long overdue. And let me tell you something. In my living room, I got a nasty sound system, baby. When I've been here cleaning up on Sunday mornings, I put that iHeart on. 
I put that Mary J. Blige station on and access them albums and that good morning, gorgeous while I'm drinking my mimosas. I just be good morning, gorgeous. She talking to me, baby. Good morning, <laughs> gorgeous. Listen, if y'all ain't got that iHeart and get it to that Mary J. Blige station, y'all don't know what y'all missing, baby. I'm looking forward to it. Al, you? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm a, you know, like everyone on the panel, I'm a Mary J. Blige fan. She can't do no wrong. I, I mean, I can't wait to see it. And I'm stoked because she's going to be in Miami next month at Jazz in the Gardens. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, I get an opportunity. We get an opportunity to interview her. That would be so dope. We got to interview her on the Ricky Smiley Show back in the day. And let me uh-huh. tell you, humble, cool, just solid, good people. Like, I really enjoyed Mary J. Blige. Okay, y'all. Uh, also, make sure you tune in to Cocktails with the Queens on Monday. Uh uh, on Monday and TJF on Wednesday and Friday because it's win watch to win week and you don't want to miss it because we're celebrating the queen of soul Mary J Blige by doing an MJB album download giveaway so make sure you subscribe and watch us on YouTube and jump in the chat for a chance to win all right y'all let's get into the show uh the Associated Press release the Travis McMichael who is currently convicted for shooting Ahmaud Arbery is withdrawing his guilty plea on a federal hate crime charge McMichael has now elected to stand trial for a second time in Arbery's case what are y'all's thoughts on this situation I don't care about them. Black people stand down. All right. They ass is going to prison. Don't y'all worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't upset yourselves. Don't get mad that they withdrew. Let their ass go to court. The evidence is overwhelmingly in Ahmaud Aubrey's favor. They ass is going to prison. What they're doing right now is an act of desperation. Blame them. Anybody who was faced with life in prison. I mean, you're fighting for your life. You're supposed to do whatever you can try to do to get off. But please, y'all, don't let this upset y'all. Stay the course. They ass is definitely going to spend the rest of their damn lives in prison. That's right. Al, what do you think? You know, I agree with Funky on this one. These two, they just need to do their time and call it a day. African-Americans do not need to be re-traumatized by another trial watching how horrible, you know, they did. There are too many... Black mothers out here that are still afraid and concerned when they let their Black sons leave the house. We don't need to go through this again. They need to serve their time and and cut all this other crap out. Well, they're going to serve their time regardless, but they want the more plush situation because the, uh, you know, the, the state prisons are definitely less funded than federal. But, you know, even some of the federal prisons are having issues with the condition there. But it's the good thing is we got to win because first they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We targeted him because of his race. And we were like, ah, got you. We knew it exactly what we knew. And then they tried to withdraw. But it's too late. And uh, I love the judge, how he's handling it. I love how this, being, this case is being handled with them and then not getting, you know, the easy way out. They were like, nah, denied. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be in jail. Though. They ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Uh, according to the uh, New York Post, Whoopi Goldberg, it was livid after being suspended from The View. Whoopi is apparently humiliated because she apologized for her comments on the show and on the late show with Stephen Colbert, and she also, you know, she did that. She went on the apology tour like they asked her to. And she believes ABC executives mishandled the matter. What are your thoughts on this update? Al, let's start with you. What do you think? She should be livid. I mean, listen, whether Whoopi Goldberg, whatever she, whether she said what she said was true or false, whether it was right or wrong, that's neither here nor there, in my opinion. Like, 
In fact, Whoopi has spent her entire career and personal life being what some may consider white adjacent, right? She changed her name to a Jewish name. She, um, all of her three husbands were Jewish men. Uh, she has a daughter by a Jewish man. Um, but what's so interesting is the first chance they got to show her that she is still a N-word, they threw the book at her and snatched her job. So they immediately let her know, you can, you can adore our community. You can marry our husbands and you can have our kids, but you are still Black. Okay. Funky, what you think about this? I think it's retribution and retaliation. She should put her ass in the sick and buy and quit. All right. I've always told y'all I'm an intentions person. What Whoopi said had no malice behind it or no ill intent. And I definitely think they mishandled it. They should have used it as a teachable moment. I think the following episode, there should have been maybe a Holocaust survivor or maybe somebody from the Jewish community that could have better educated the general public. Because there are a lot of people, including myself, whose sentiments kind of echo what Whoopi said. If you're not part of the culture, you don't necessarily understand all of the nuance. I live in Miami, Florida, Miami Beach, where we have a huge Jewish community. And I'm sorry, when I look at every single person, you white to me. You're white. When I, when you walk down the street, you are white. Jewish people, they make a differentiation between white Americans and them being, I'm not a white person, I'm Jewish. But to the average person, especially to a Negro, you are a white person to me. And I don't even, I, I don't know where white American stops and Jewish begins. Maybe that's an ignorance on my part and it's an ignorance that a lot of people carry, but there was no malice or ill intent. I also want to point out that black people, this is the importance of of um, getting in positions of power and, and building institutions of our own, because quite frankly, the commendable thing that the Jewish community does have in their favor is that they hold so much power that when they get upset about something, right. action is, is taken. You know what I'm saying? And I, I definitely think that we should borrow from that part of their culture, but they did whoopee wrong. And quite frankly, that show will fold um, or definitely take a huge dip in ratings if whoopee was to pack all her SHIT and leave. Bar from the uh, chat says, oh, we get suspended for being wrong now. And to piggyback off what you said, Funky, a lot of people thought the way Whoopi thought that that being Jewish was about your religion, right. wasn't about necessarily primarily race. And she wasn't the only person that thought like that. Now, we, can we not be wrong and, and be corrected? And, and to your point, she did have someone on the show the very next day from the Jewish community to speak on behalf of the community to educate. And she immediately apologized. And so she did everything they asked and it still wasn't good enough. So she, she yeah. needed to go. I'm going to take it a step further. I want to look at Jewish person, dead square in the face and ask you what the hell was so hurtful about it. I think, I think we're, I think we're not, these are apples and oranges we're comparing here. We're not, she got reprimanded or uh, the discussion sparked debate because she was talking about the Holocaust, not about Jews. She was talking about the Holocaust. That's what they address. That's what the a, the ADL or whatever uh, the the group is. They address the Holocaust, where she was de, she was diminishing what the Nazis were genocide was produced because of the Holocaust, not because they you know not the Jewish being a race. Does that make sense? But she also was speaking about how you can't determine a lot of times, like Funk, like Funky said, you know, if someone's Jewish or not, just by looking right. at them. So I, I think it was, you know, it's part of a greater conversation that they, we should have because a lot of people don't know. You know, they did a survey about uh, with the youth now and like 
of such a low percentage knew even about the Holocaust, like had no idea what it was even about. So the right. fact that this is bringing this to light, that you know the atrocities that the Jewish community went through is, is, is a positive that we're speaking about it because a lot of people don't know. They definitely missed the mark because this was an opportunity to have a national conversation to better educate folks. And instead, the conversation is about Whoopi being suspended. So I hope, you know, uh, Jewish people, you're probably gonna get mad at me for what I'm about to say, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, I hope you're happy. You know, you had an opportunity to better educate a whole nation of people about your plight, about your people. And instead, now the focus, because you're in your feelings about an accident, is all about Whoopi. So, I mean, I, I hope you're pleased. Delphinia from the chat says, you never see Jewish on applications when they ask for the race. Mm. That's interesting. And then CR said she went on the late show and doubled down on her comments. That's why she was suspended. The Holocaust was about race back in the 1940s. Interesting conversation. I'm sure this is not the end of it. We will definitely, uh, you know, update y'all if anything else. Hey, Whoopi, you can come on over to Fox. Oh, we can go out and create a channel for your whole little situation for you up here. Shoot. Come on, Whoopi. Don't come back to those people. Don't come on. Well, yeah, we might have to get canceled. <laughs> we, we might can't get you we might can't give you 192,000 every two weeks. <laughs> we got a little change, you know. Me, you know, we growing. They say they'll take 25% less in their salary to accommodate you. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with more TGIF. Go ahead and blow us up in the chat and make sure you hit that like button. We'll be back with more show after this. Hey guys, welcome back to TGIF. There's lots of energy in the chat. Let's see, we got 2445. Now, if you can get us to 3000, you know, we like that number three. Y'all always mention the number three, three times a week, three, there's three of us, 3000. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but it's a good start to getting us to um, bigger and better if we can just get to 3000. Don't y'all think, fellas? <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm here for it. Let's go. All right, y'all, let's get into the story. Uh, a Memphis woman convicted in November of 2021 for illegally registering to vote, just registering to vote in 2019, was sentenced to six years and one day in prison on Monday. According to the Shelby County District uh, Attorney's Office, Pamela Moses has uh, 16 prior felony convictions and committed the voting offense while on probation. In 2015, Moses pled guilty to tampering with evidence and forgery, both felonies, and to misdemeanor counts of perjury, stalking, theft under $500, and escape. Now, she was placed on probation after seven years. Does this story sound fishy to you? And now, I mean, for registering to vote, not voting, not voting on a provisional ballot, registering to vote, fellas. So the question that I have first, because I don't want this to be one of those stories where the salacious headline pulls everybody in and it's like she got six years for registering to vote. I'm going to defer to Al here, but is the real story that you already had all of these felonies, you were on probation, and then you committed another crime. And as a result of committing another crime while being on probation with the slew of felonies that you got six years, is that the real story? Well, Funky, this uh, this story has so many layers to it. Okay, so number one, and I'm, I have mixed emotions because number one, there is a great, a large number of racial disparities in punishment for election-related crimes that relates to what they give time to Black people and what they give time to non-Black people. So that's number one. No one's ever gotten such, not no one, but seven years for this type of act is a little extreme. However, 
What we do know is with this woman, she is she is just just has all these felonies and crimes in the in the, the town that she lives. She stalked the judge. They had to get a straining uh, a restraint against her. Um, and she just kind of worked the system. She went to her probation officer and she got its certified letter from her probation officer that she was not on probation, which does allow her to register. She submitted all of the proper paperwork the way that she was supposed to do it. And Tennessee concedes and says that they made a mistake. They didn't, they didn't bar her from being able to vote. Um, the elections officials said they made a mistake. They didn't follow up. So there were no measures that were normally supposed to be taken to block her were taken to block her. And she found that loophole and she exercised it. So it's going to be interesting to see how they take this person who's written with criminal history, but she escaped this little loophole with doing what she was supposed to do to register. To I'm tired of them making an example. Yes, she does have a record of other crimes. Okay, let's just okay, let's let's get that out. All right, we talked about yeah. that. But um, it's obvious what they do to to, to voter intimidation with Black folks. Uh, Crystal That's Mason right. here in Texas. I got to interview her once before, and she's facing five years in prison for voting on a um, provisional ballot. She thought she was on probation, and she thought she was clear. She thought she thought papers, and she voted, and she didn't even count. She went to uh, vote provisionally and it just kills me, right? That these black women that go to vote, whatever the backstory is, it's voting and both times the votes did not count, but you got people still in the Capitol crying, getting, requesting vegan food. And it just, it, it's the, the ridiculousness of the double standard. It's just mind blowing. Yeah, they are apples and oranges. I know that. But over here, it's like, you sent your kid to a school that wasn't your district, Black woman. You're getting five years in prison. White man that rapes a girl or storms a capital. Right. Well, let's not ruin their life and make things difficult. They made a mistake. It was just, uh, boys will be boys. Right, right. That's why you know, it's hard for me to get behind any of this. I don't care what a record was. I think there's a special place in hell for the attorney who gets this case and who looks at it and who stays up at night preparing a defense and like really working the taxpayer dollar to put somebody, if I was the prosecution to work for the state, I probably would fire the, my aide who put this crap on my desk. I'd be like, get off my line with this. You know what I'm saying? And at best, okay, she did something wrong. Okay, give her six months probation. I, I, I don't know how you go home at night feeling accomplished in your career for giving somebody six years for something so trivial. But that is why I posed the question in the beginning. Was the six years specifically for the voter crime or was it because you broke your probation and you had to finish out previous? No, she, didn't break it. she didn't break her probation. She completed her probation. She just okay. had to get, because uh, she thought she had completed her probation, she had to get a letter from her probation officer saying that she is now able to register to vote. So the funny thing here, Funky, is that she's running for office in that town. And I, I'm not sure if it's mayor or something like that. And the whole community is in uproar. So it would be in my mind that the prosecutors or whoever that work in, in that town was trying to find anything to quiet this woman, right? Because she, she you know, she's a thief. She's talking to judges. You know, she's 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 manipulating the system. She's running for office, and they just probably wanted to figure out a way to put her away, and they're doing it illegally. If she was running for office, I'm, I would think that someone with all those 
convictions, it'd be quite difficult. Uh, <laughs> she was a former d- Democratic mayoral candidate in Memphis. You, right. it, it makes it adds another layer that someone's running for office because that's when the political hit job may come into your y- your life. So, anyways, uh, we will see. We'll hey, we'll keep that up. And Michelle Grant says that she was registering to vote. She may have been trying to get her life together. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mo- moving on. People saying that Drake unfollowed Rihanna and ASAP Rocky one day after their pregnancy announcement. Are you guys surprised? Uh, you know what? To be honest with you, I think Drake has taken a page out of the Kanye book. Um, I do not believe Drake is somewhere in his room crying, <laughs> drinking brown liquor, listening to Mary J. Blige, Good Morning Gorgeous, trying, uh, not going to cry, or any other them heartbreak Mary J. Blige songs from the My Life album. I do not think that is what Drake is doing. I think Drake is is is, is doing what PR people tell their people to do to, to stay in the doggone media. Brianna has been moved on. She and Drake were never that doggone entangled to the point where his heart is broken and I'm pretty sure they all friends cackling on a three-way, like sixth grade girls about this situation. Okay. You know, you know I, I don't know about that one, Funky. Uh, you know, Drake did profess that he he's loved her since he was 22. Like, I think there's some undercurrent here that that is bubbling and it's bubbling for a reason. But this is the deal. Drake can't really say anything. He has a baby by a porn star. Like, what is he talking about? Rihanna has a baby by a rapper. Hey, only in America. But you know what? He's acting how Khloe Kardashian should be acting when Christian Thompson was had that baby out of wedlock. That's what I'm talking about right here. It's Tristan. You said Christian Thompson? Is that That's another one? <laughs> Tristan Thompson. <laughs> um, He's acting how Khloe should have been acting. I think we're making this a bigger deal than they are. He probably ain't even tripping. He got so many girls that he's betting all the time. Drake gives his. That's just, you know, social media is like, you know, we make a meme. We run with it. We just assume that person's going through. He may or may not. He may not give a damn. And uh, she already sunned him on stage at one time. So I don't know. I think I think he ain't really tripping. I think that's just us. Uh, Speaking of tripping and just us. Q, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this story. Massachusetts Catholic school is facing backlash after deciding to serve fried chicken as a lunch menu item to celebrate Black History Month. <laughs> the announcement regarding the specialty item was made Tuesday morning at Xavierian Brothers High School, an all-boys school. The announcement said, in honor of Black History Month, one way we will celebrate is by highlighting a traditional meal each week that is a staple in Southern Black history. Today's lunch is fried chicken. However, the students criticized the student's decision and called it racist. I mean, we do love chicken, but do you think this was a racist move? I think that this story is directly parallel to the Whoopi Goldberg view Jew thing. And I think that this is a teachable moment. And the teachable moment here is this is what happens when you lack top level diversity. And when white people are used to being the center, they think they know every damn thing. The same grace that I extended Whoopi Goldberg in this Jewish situation, I'm going to extend the same grace to this person. I don't think there was ill intent. I don't think that they there was a malicious intent behind this. I really do think that these people sit home and think that fried chicken and Popeye's 
is synonymous with black people. You know what I'm saying? And there is a level of truth to it. Um, rather, we're being overly sensitive and, and being offended by it. That's another conversation for another day. But I think that this is a teachable moment. And I think the takeaway from this is y'all are a Catholic school. Y'all probably got a bunch of little rich white kids walking around. And the next time you want to do a black history program, how about you take some of those tuition dollars and you hire a black consultant to put you together a nice curriculum and stop assuming because you're white and used to being at the center of everything that you know every damn thing okay al do you agree or disagree um, ill intent is not knowing better i mean so i i feel like there it is an ill intent every year during black history month we read a story like this guys every year every year we there is a company that's revealed that they have served something like chicken and watermelon. It happens every year. These non-Black institutions serve watermelon and chicken on Black History Month. It happens. I mean, it even happened at the company that I used to work at. I, I just feel like, like Funky says, they need to hire a consultant to help them. Call the NAACP if you don't know any better. You know better because you read. You're supposed to be so smart. You're supposed to be so educated. Why is it that you're all of a sudden ill-informed about Black History Month? Why are you ill-informed about Black history, period, and at the, con the contributions that African-Americans have made in this country? How can you be so ill-informed is my question. And in this particular case, they went to the only black worker at the school, which was a cafeteria worker, and asked her to create the menu. I'm just confused about the whole thing. I think we need to hold these people more accountable. This is more than a teachable moment. This is like enough is enough. Every year, the same thing. If you don't know what to do in Black History Month, call the NAACP and let them roll out what to do for you and your school for Black History Month. The comments are going crazy. Someone said, uh, Nina Lynn said, Trump had a taco salad on Cinco de Mayo. Uh, Curly Chick says, but the school's cook is black and she's the one that picked the food. I and was Sam, about to say that. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like if one of us was the only one there and they're like, well, well let's ask our, our, our resident African-American. Um, and let me ask you this. And that there lies and the problem. Me, that there lies the problem. If you're going to go to a cook and ask, what do you make in Black History Month? What do you think she's going to say? She's a cafeteria worker. She's a cook. Like, that's not who you ask on how to provide diversity and, and, and cultural well, let, activities let, at, let, at a school. Let me ask you an honest question. All right. I'm, I'm Fortune 500 white company right now. I come to you, Al Reynolds, and say, what do we, we, we want to do a Black History um, menu. What do you suppose we have? What is your response? And I'm pretty so, sure it's going to be collard greens, cornbread, and fried chicken. No, no, no. First of all, I wouldn't allow anyone to call it a Black history menu. That alone is offensive and it lacks sensitivity. And everybody in corporate America that has gone through diversity sensitivity training knows that you don't put those two words in the same sentence. That's number one. The second thing that I would do is you would then say to them, what are you speaking to? Are you speaking to Black History Month? Are you speaking to the culture or are you speaking to the cuisines? of African-Americans. There's a discussion that you need to have in order to enlighten people. So in my opinion, I would say to the school system, well, what would we put on the menu? We would put a lot of different things on the menu because African-Americans like a lot of different things. Because we like chitlins, should chitlins go on the menu? 
Absolutely not. Uh, should pork chop go on the menu? Should bacon go on the menu? These are all questions that I would have in that conversation. I would say you create a menu with multiple options because we're multifaceted. If you want to say, listen, we want to honor Southern comfort food with an African-American twist to it, then I would say, okay, now that's a different discussion. Let's do the traditional Southern uh, comfort food. What are they? Soul food type of menu. But soul food does not mean Black History Month, period. So, is this a, another example of us being overly sensitive? Do you remember the comedian? So. I believe it was Dave Chappelle who said, I, I, either Dave Chappelle or Chris um, Rock said something about being on the plane when the flight attendant's like, we've got the beef or the chicken. And he's like offended at first, but he's like, but I want the chicken. And it was a joke, but it was like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Or do you think they knew and they were trying it? Because I hate when I hear chicken and watermelon, I'm like, oh, they're trying it. That's a racist stereotype, right? That's a stereotype. But is it, is, are we being overly sensitive? Because it was a black woman that picked, what do y'all, do, do you think we're being overly sensitive? Q, you said yes. I think so. I think we're splitting hairs at this point because we're not, what, what, what we're not going to do is pretend like at, Listen, we eat cornbread, collard greens, and fried chicken, and candy yams, and macaroni and cheese. Now, you know, it can be arguable that that is Southern cuisine, that, that white is, you know. I'm asking a simple question. We want to serve the kids lunch on Monday, and we want to serve them something for Black History Month. What do you suggest? I, I just, uh, I don't know. I just think I. So for 30 days, you're going to serve them fried chicken. No, Al, but the, 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 no, but the situation okay. is, and you said it should be multiple things. You never, we, ne- this, they never got an opportunity to serve multiple things. Obviously, you can't serve fifteen things on one day. Um, who, you know, who's to say that they were not going to do diverse things throughout the week? And especially considering the fact that they went to the one resource they had, which was the cafeteria worker. I think in their mind, even though it was the bare minimum, they felt that they did their due diligence by asking the black cook. And I'm not trying to excuse away what they Man. did. But I just think people are making a bigger deal out of this than it should. Be. What, what's your saying? Get off my line, my good internet with this. <laughs> uh-uh. Well, you know, I think it's a good That's conversation to have. And That's we just don't... insensitive. And the students made it very clear. The African-American students in the school made it very oh, clear. Let me actually, wait, wait, wait. You guys, let me, let me put a pin in this because we're late going to commercial. So let's go to okay. commercial. Everyone's excited about this conversation. They're going nuts in the chat. Let's take a commercial break and come back to this when we come back. We'll be right back in two minutes. Welcome back to TGIF. Before we went to break, we were having a heated discussion about chicken versus non-chicken. And let me just go to the chat real quick. Tracy Hawkins says, all this talk and I want some chicken right now. (laughs) And Amanda Thomas says, are they going to throw a fit when fried chicken is served again at the school? So we're not going to spend a whole bunch of time on it. But again, you know, we're not a monolith. And you see there's very strong feelings on this panel. Either way, is it is it is it insensitive? Is it not? No. The only question I just got, and, and I just want Al to, to to if he can answer it quickly without all the nuance, is Sunday night. I call you as the principal and say we want to serve some food tomorrow for the kids for Black History Month. Can you just tell me what we're serving? And like I said before, 
we're going to do an array of things. <laughs> or do you want to do a Southern soul food menu? Because if you would like to do a soul food menu, then I would put the traditional soul food items on the menu. <laughs> if you want to do something in honor of Black History Month, then let's spend the whole entire month highlighting traditional African-American dishes that are introduced by African-American chefs or something like that. As a consultant, I have to always be thinking about the sensitivity of the things that we do, especially around Black History Month. You can't just say, oh, let me call the cafeteria worker and see what she thinks, how we should honor the students in Black History Month, what the menu should be. That's irresponsible. Well, I personally would have ate the chicken. I'm just going to let you know. Right? Yeah, would have been happy because it tastes better than the with damn some, pizza. With some Louisiana hot sauce because I had a nice break from that other BS they be serving in the cafeteria. All right, y'all, we got to move on. All right, fascinating discussion about chicken. All right, moving on. In a sneak peek of the new season of Celebrity Big Brother, Lamar Odom talked to fellow contestant Todrick Hall about his ex-wife, Khloe Kardashian. In the clip, Lamar said, I had some good dreams last night. I dreamt of my ex-wife last night. He continued with, I miss her so much and I wish I could take that time back. Do you think Lamar Odom has any chance of rekindling his relationship with Chloe? No chance in hell. And I want him to stop playing himself publicly. Like, it's just not going to happen. You fumbled that bag. Um, you know, you had your issues or whatever the case may be. And, 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 and her absence is just the consequence of those issues. But brother, don't, don't, don't play yourself in the media um, for this woman, especially considering the fact that I don't, I don't, you, you are just a prop. You were just another black male athlete for her. Um, don't, don't play yourself, man. You, you, you deserve more. You've triumphed through a lot of things. You're, you're on the right path. Leave that in your past and, 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 and build you a better future. Okay. Al, what do you think? Yeah, I think Lamar Odom needs to get over it. But according to the shade room, Lamar Odom had bigger issues to worry about. Brother, you need to work on that continence issue that you got from boo-booing in the bed. Now, what they tell me, I don't know. But if you need to strip in that rectum, you need to try. What's those? Uh, uh, the uh, Kegels. Yeah. <laughs> so do men do Kegels to tighten the booty? Well, listen. Not this man. <laughs> not me girl I didn't say you <laughs> well, what you you so ever saw the stairs straight what you in here for smoking smoking have this pot full of crack ass not me girl <laughs> I didn't say you <laughs> so when you ask do men do kegels not me girl <laughs> do you do kegels in your booty Claudia uh, my booty don't get worn out. <laughs> do you do kegels in your booty, Claudia? <laughs> like I said, my booty don't get worn out. So I'm asking y'all. <laughs> you know what? No good could come of this conversation. Right. So we're going to move on. No, right no, now. no, 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 no. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> now, now, if we grown on the Fox Soul, we're going to be grown. Y'all, I remember I had the boo-boo behind that stove that time, okay? Like, sometimes that good liquor get to you and your stomach just be towed up. Things happen. You ain't gonna act like, y'all ain't gonna act like y'all ain't never had party, but like you thought you had to fart and a little bit of boo-boo. Now, I'm assuming that's what happened. Claudia, you ain't never boo-boo on yourself before? 
Have you? You don't pull them old nasty thongs out from between your butt and it's been brown all in the middle part. Right? That's a man thing. I've Brandon never had doo-doo on my in thong. You need to work that out. You, y'all need to work that out. I bet you if you go that through that That is not normal right for an adult. If you go through that hamper right now, them panties either brown or brown and white. Absolutely not. Uh, clearly, this is not news to y'all. Y'all, this is a regular Tuesday to y'all. And I hope it's brown in the bike. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Welcome back, so, Monkey. But, Welcome back. Okay. This, is, this, isn't, this isn't offensive to y'all. This is normal. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yes, this is not weird to y'all. This is okay. I mean, I think it's weird that he's using the bathroom. <laughs> in the bed, it was a mistake. So I'm the only person who don't shit it on themselves. About <laughs> y'all just gonna leave me, y'all gonna leave me out here to dry like this. Y'all ain't gonna ow. <laughs> don't you call me into this? Ow. For real though, ow. You gonna leave me hanging out here like this? Okay, okay, fuck it. I got your back always. <clears throat> We gotta move on. 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 Uh, okay, we'll we'll put a pin in this one and talk about this in future episodes for sure. For sure. All right, y'all. According to AP News, four men were arrested in the overdose death of actor Michael K. Williams. The four were charged in a criminal complaint unsealed Tuesday in a Manhattan federal court in a narcotics conspiracy alleging the distribution of fentanyl-laced heroin that resulted in the death of Williams. What are your thoughts on arrests actually being made in this case? All right. So I, I have to be, and I, I do not want to be insensitive in this case whatsoever. I'm just thinking out loud and y'all please don't shoot me in the foot. When I first heard this story, a part of me was like, I mean, he was doing an illegal substance and, you know, like it's not regulated. I mean, and this is just what happens when people do drugs. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know what I was thinking. But then when I read the story, what what side sealed and delivered my stance on them um, arresting these guys for it was the fact that after he died from the fentanyl overdose, they continued to distribute heroin laced fentanyl in the broad daylight. And I was just like, okay, yeah, like, like they doing crime, crime, crime. Um, you know, at the end of the day, this is gonna sound so insensitive. I don't mean to sound, I don't mean it for what to do, but at the end of the day, you take a risk when you buying street drugs off the street. I mean, they're drug dealers, they're not the damn FDA. So what are you expecting? But I am glad that the family can get some justice in this. And I am glad that these people are taken off the street, distributing this fentanyl laced heroin to the general public because it is a health issue. Okay. Al, what do you think? Yeah, fuck it. I, I totally feel your uh, conflict here because number one, he shouldn't be doing drugs. All right. He shouldn't be doing illegal drugs or abusing illegal drugs. That's number one. Number two, though, I didn't like how the federal government used Michael K. Williams you know, as the celebrity to get this thing in the press. So they've been chasing this family. It's a drug lord uh, family uh, in Brooklyn that they've been chasing for years, for months. They've been tapping places. They, they, they've even sold drugs, uh, had informants to sell drugs 
to, I mean, to buy drugs from these the kingpins. So <clears throat> I didn't like the way they attached them finally cracking down on this drug pen on Michael or attaching it to Michael Williams. <clears throat> the other thing is that I felt some kind of way about was I really don't, not sure that I support, you know, them being charged with the death because that means what kind of precedence is that setting? Does that mean if the, you can sell drugs as long as you're not killing people? I mean, what kind of message are we sending out here? Like they caught him. They finally arrested the kingpin because he killed somebody. I'm confused. So that was kind of confusing to me also. So, yeah, <clears throat> I can see why you're conflicted on it too, Foggy. Yeah, unless he didn't know it was laced with fentanyl and he wouldn't buy it. He bought heroin and not heroin laced with fentanyl. But like Funky said, it is a risk that you take. Yeah. Um, sad story all the way around. But um, on a high note, before we go to commercial break, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached 3,000 people hey. in the chat. 3,000 people. Uh, all right, child. All the love boo-boo. All we had to talk about is mud butt, and that's apparently what our demographic loves. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Funky going to check his drawers, and we'll be right after the break. I'm going to check my song real quick. Welcome back to TGIF, y'all. Thank you so much for getting us over that 3,000 live in the chat hump. So we expect 5,000 to be uh, watching that replay tomorrow. So, okay. All right, y'all. We did it, y'all. We did it. We did it, Joe. <coughs> we did it, Joe. <laughs> okay, someone else that did it. In New York, this boy wilding out, a New York State educator, is under investigation after video surface of him defending pedophilia and arguing that it isn't obvious to him why it's wrong. Professor Stefan Kirshnar said, imagine that an adult male wants to have sex with a 12-year-old girl. Imagine that she's a willing participant. Okay. He continued with, a very standard, very widely held view is that there's something deeply wrong about this, and it's been wrong independent of it being criminalized. I'm sorry, and it's wrong, independent of it being criminalized. How crazy the story that this man fixed his mouth to say a 12-year-old girl could be a willing participant when she doesn't even know how to do anything at that age. What do y'all think about this? You know, this was very baffling to me because definitely college, college campuses are definitely the place for you to have all types of exploratory conversation as, as it relates to sociology, anthropology, sexuality, all those types of things. So I, I, I by no means had no qualms with the discussion around pedophilia and, 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 and philosophy around it. But when the conversation felt as if it was leaning in the direction of supporting it, that's when it became a bit problematic and a bit sick for me. Um, so yeah, this is definitely a no. And I definitely think that the FBI need to go to his home and seize his computers and go through his underwear drawer and see what all is up in there. Agree. Al, what are your thoughts? I, mean, I agree. He should not be under investigation. He should be fired. He should be fired. A 12-year-old cannot ever consent to sex, period. And as a professor, we sign a moral, we have a clause in our contract. We have a moral, uh, oh Lord, I can't even think of what it's called. Anyway, there's a moral clause in our, in our contracts because as professors, we influence those children that we teach. This is irresponsible. 
a morality cause, I believe, right? There we go. <laughs> I'm still I'm still thinking about this boo-boo. <laughs> That's because you be ignoring that shit. <laughs> so it's funny how these um these men are finding ways, and I've been hearing this argument a lot lately with you know defending pedophilia, and they're trying to there's been a push in the last few years to really make it acceptable socially. Right. To say that, what if a 12 year old girl is a willing participant? Um, so you've probably been grooming this girl since she was 11 or 10, who knows, and telling her that she wants this. Well, see, what's so, so interesting to me, Claudia, is senators, legislators, Congress people wanting Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion canceled when that video came out with them twerking it on, on each other. However, they're not out here canceling and firing this discussion that this professor is having. It's a double standard for me that's really, really, really starting to get on my very Well, they're not they're not canceling it because some of them are doing this. Right. And we can just go ahead and look at Funky's old uh, colleague in college, Matt Gates. Allegedly, let me go ahead and say that until those cuffs are actually on him. But he's been accused of sleeping with underage girls. And there's a there's a plethora of them all up and down the United States government. This is not uh this is this is not a unicorn, this man. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of men defending this and trying to make it mainstream and say she asked for it and she was okay with it. And right. she said yes, or she's fast. We've all heard that argument since we were little girls. Oh, you're fast. How about the uncle is fast? How about these old men that know the difference? And how are you going to mess with a girl that has not, not even, and I mean, we'll even get into the anatomy of her, but Jesus Christ, a 12-year-old girl? I agree. Yeah. All right, Funky, this next story is from your Instagram page. You posted, uh, should you be able to enter into a relationship with someone at work? Funky, sound off. You know, it was funny because I saw the article about the the CEO of CNN uh, having to resign and being forced to resign because it came to the attention that he was in a relationship with somebody at work. And it just made me think about things. You know, the average adult who works nine to five goes to the gym and then comes home and then probably only goes out on the weekend. You spend more of your time at work. You spend most of your time at work than you do anything else. And I'm not going to lie to you. I think it's a little absurd that now in 2022 we have these rules particularly in these big corporate corporations that you cannot fraternize with somebody that you work with but i understand it's the hr's department to mitigate as much risk of lawsuit or nepotism or retaliation or whatever the case it may be in the workplace but i think we need to revisit workplace relationships and in that instagram post i put that i think that you should be able to date somebody at work with conditions one being the person doesn't directly report to you. And the other being that when you guys, you know, decide to be in some type of relationship <clears throat> that you march your happy selves right on down to HR, you make it known on paperwork and you forfeit any ability to sue in the future or uh, file any type of grievance against said person indefinitely. That's okay. my stance on it. I think that's a great idea. Al, what do you think? Uh, hmm. This is a tough one uh, because it depends on the dynamic. It depends on who's messing with who, right? I have a problem with the CEO messing with a managing director because in corporate America, you, you have performances, you have performance metrics, and you have different things that you have to meet. And I personally would feel like there was favoritism. Did they get the managing director job because they're dating the CEO? Um, were they fast-tracked because they have an insight on what the metrics may be? 
Uh, there are just so many different layers to this that I think we would have to unfold or we would have to peel back. But the bigger question here is, have either of you ever slept um, with one of your bosses? So let's be clear. I'm not necessarily talking boss to subordinate. You know what I'm saying? It, it could be, you know, we're lateral. It could be we're on the same team or you work in accounts mm-hmm. payable and I work in HR department. Um, obviously, that's you know, the CEO to subordinate obviously is a no-no. If we're going right. to go together, you need to go get another job. But if Claudia work in accounts payable and I work in, in maintenance and we hit it off, I think that we should be able to date. Yeah. Imagine me I, and you I, dating I, Funky. Imagine me and you dating Funky. Wow. <laughs> that would be crazy. But I, I slept okay, with my I, boss one time. I slept with my boss one time. I'm going to go ahead and tell you real quick. Oh, you did? Yeah, uh, I know people say, y'all, Claudia, you don't ever answer. I slept with my boss one time. We had a little uh, situation. He uh, was a manager at Oak Tree when I worked at the mall. <laughs> I worked at Oak Tree. <laughs> and I would take things personally towards the end. I'm like, when, you know, when it started to kind of fade out, he had me folding them $99 five-piece suits. You get the vest, the shirt, the pants, the, the, the mustard coat, and the belt. <laughs> but I one time I did mess around. Do we got to go do a commercial break? Sorry, Al. We have to take a commercial break. And Al, if you think about someone that you slept with um, in the workplace, uh, I'm sure you have. Let us know when we get back in this quick commercial break, okay? Okay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to TJF. Once again, shout out to the chat. The somebody's been going ham for us all night in the chat, and we appreciate y'all. We hope you watch us again tomorrow. Hit that like button. Okay, y'all. Um, people have been asking me uh, to address my recent experience uh, I had on a plane last week. I was on my way to LA to, to do some work. And uh, on the jetway, there were like five, uh, I don't know, I thought they were police officers, but they were, I guess, with the FBI. And they were they were stopping uh, people and asking if we had uh, large amounts of cash, drugs, or weapons on us. Now, we done been through security. I have TSA pre-check. I'm like, why are you asking me when I'm about to get on the plane? And I, at first, I was like, oh, why are you asking? They said, oh, just random. I said, okay, no big deal. I said, no, kept on moving. I looked behind me, black guy, black guy, black guy. Black woman, a Latino looking male. They were skipping all the white people and only asking the people of color if they had weapons. I was so pissed and so irate. And the flight attendant was a black woman. She was noticing, and I heard her speaking. She said, No, the black people are upset because she was a sister that they're being profiled. And apparently they were looking for a suspect. Usually, when they're looking for a suspect, it's not just a black person, man, woman, child. Any shade, they have a description, 5'8", light-skinned, dark-skinned, male, female. So to just ask everybody Black and Latino appearing if they had any weapons, money, and, and, and uh, drugs was highly offensive. And it was unbelievable. Have you, you know, guys... Here's the thing that baffles me. I think everybody on their team should be fired and, and their captain should be fired too. What type of training did you go through? Because God, honestly, who in their right mind going to answer yes? Right. Right. You know, well, yeah. it was a complete waste of time. <laughs> Who in their right mind with five federal rallies standing there saying, yes, yes, God, officer, I got four guns, a duffel bag full of hundreds, and about 40 ounces of cocaine that I'm trying to get to Encino. Like, it was, it was a waste of time. Absolutely. And it was frustrating. And, um, Again, who's going to say, like you said, who's going to say yes? And I just wonder how often this happens. I saw a little scrappy jump in one comment that I've seen it happen to white people, too. Yeah, it does. I would I would have felt better if it did. But this time, this particular time, it was just us. Al, we got about 10, 15 seconds. Do you have anything to say on that? 
Oh, no, no, no. Okay. You got a boo? He got a boo. <laughs> you got to check his song after the show. All right. I want to thank my co-host, Al Reynolds and Funky Dunneva, for joining me tonight. Al Canal, South Black and that doo We uh, thank you so much for watching us on YouTube. Stay tuned for The Mix coming up next. I'll see y'all on Wednesday, y'all. Y'all, y'all. Hey, girl.